Welcome to Mad Toast Live. Your hosts are Mary Gaines and Chris Wagner. Recorded to you live for podcast. Thank you, everybody. Weekly at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, just down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. And you can hear our podcast every Monday and Thursday. There are new podcasts coming out at noon, Central, Central Standard Time, on iTunes at all, and also on our own website, madtoastlive.com. But we're really happy to uh, welcome Dan Newton and the, and the Daddy Squeeze Trio here from the Twin Cities. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We're happy to be here. <laughs> so you guys are on, uh, on a tour right now. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow you're playing with Peter and Lou Berryman. Right. At, uh, at the Zion Lutheran Church here yeah. in Madison. And then Saturday night in, uh, no, Friday night in uh, Chicago at the Heartland Cafe. Uh, get on the L and take the Rogers Park stop and you're there. Yeah. I've noticed it's actually a lot easier to leave the Heartland than it is to get there. <laughs> you know, so we've, we've played there before, and, and MapQuest is just, it's, it's, it's usually, well, I don't know if usually, that's not true, mm-hmm. it's almost never quite good. But exactly. that thing, have you, have, you know, have you ever done MapQuest to get there? Yeah, I have, I have MapQuest directions to get there and to leave with me. I'll check them out. <laughs> I noticed they're distinctly different. Yes, well, they're very I remember different. it took us a lot longer, all these tiny little, and you just turn there, and I was like, we had no idea where we were. We got mm-hmm. there, and at the end, we asked a local, and they said, yeah, you just go down there and take a left, mm-hmm. yep. and then 94, yep. and you're home. And like, exactly. Gah! Well, fortunately, we will, we will be um, having dinner earlier in the afternoon Friday with a couple of locals who will give us good directions to get there. And then yeah. the easy part, like you said, I guess, yeah. is the leaving. So we'll, be, we'll be leaving there about midnight Friday night and trying to drive all the way back to the Twin Cities. So oh, my God. Look for us out on your uh, front, yard, front lawns <laughs> if we don't make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a lot of coffee. Yeah. You can pitch a tent if you want. No. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, that is a very cool venue, neat mm-hmm. little venue. Um, but you guys have been, I, the website is really impressive. You've, you've, you've been in like seven or eight different groups up in the Twin Cities over the last 25 years. Yeah, I've, I've got a number of bands, and actually Bob and Tom both work with... with uh, well, we're in at least a couple of bands in common, and they each have a number of things that they do. And it's just a matter of trying to stay busy, trying, trying to make a living, and uh, also a result of being interested in all sorts of different music and living in a community where there's a lot of great musicians who are fun to play with. So. Yeah. So I, I keep my hands in uh, uh, Cafe Accordion Orchestra, which plays a lot of French and uh, musette and gypsy swing and Latin music and vintage American swing. We've got the Daddy Squeeze Trio, which runs the gamut from uh, jug band to musette music to covers of Sonny and Cher and the Monkees and Frank and Nancy Sinatra. A um, couple of cage bands. Uh, we play in a band. The three of us are, have a group called Jumbo Yaya that includes a drummer and a sax player, and we do a lot of Louisiana music and that sort of thing. Jim Schwal, our friend Jim Schwal's out here in the audience tonight, and he was noticing the uh, the bass buttons on your accordion. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's a piano accordion, but mm-hmm. what's what is this? It's not a, your standard 120 bass. No, it's right? it's smaller than a, it's a 72 bass, which is uh, um, basically designed by somebody who played the 120 bass and then uh, noticed their chiropractic bills. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's half, about half the weight of a 120 bass accordion. And um, the buttons on the left hand are set up fairly much like the buttons on an auto harp. I don't know if any of you played them. They're set up in a circle of fifth chords, a bass note with a corresponding triad. of various major and minor and sevenths. And then uh, it just goes around so that wherever you are, you've got one, four, and five right next to each other. But tonight, you probably won't notice so much of that because the boom and the chick of the left hand of the accordion (laughs) will be provided by Tom on the boom and Bob on the chick. So that's Tom Lewis on the bass and Bob Ekstrand, uh, Ekstrand on the guitar. You know, I got, I got one more accordion question for you. Mm-hmm. Every time I've picked up an accordion because I can't play, um, I try to move the bellows like I'm breathing, like I would sing or mm-hmm. like where the beat is. And that's so wrong. 
How do you learn to, or like, were there, is there a special way to learn that? The, uh, the serious answer is that the bellows are probably the part of accordion playing that serious accordionists are working on until the, the very last moment that they, they play. It's, it's the hardest part. Um, the bellows are to the accordion like the lungs are to the singer. You know, it's, it not only um, uh, controls the volume, it shapes the sound, it, it uh, controls the phrases, and um, it's just something that there's an endless amount of, anything you do with your bellows is reflected in the sound that's coming out of your accordion. If you're playing a nice long note and you accidentally move something that's touching the bellows, you hear it. Yeah. And if you move a lot, <laughs> suddenly it becomes a technique. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's a movement and everybody's yeah, doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now suddenly you're playing Cajun music, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, to, to uh, digress for, uh, actually that's what we're doing. No, we're not, yeah, well, we're not digressing yeah. yet. Because we haven't we're started yet. <laughs> no, but when we do, we're good at it. But Jim, I think what we were getting at before is, uh, just to answer this question, the 120 bass, and you out in podcast land can't see this, but there's a diagonal line, yeah. black line through there. That's confused us. We saw these yeah. triangular Yeah, what the patterns. heck is that? that? That black line is put there to confuse you. <laughs> it, it did. Uh, to make it look like there's some ma mystical, magical thing that accordion players are doing with their left hand that makes it even harder to figure out than it actually is. <laughs> it's like Chinese checkers going on there. Yeah. So it looks like it's it math, does. It does exactly the same thing as these red and white lines on the, on the, on bellows. the bellows. On the bellows. It looks nice. Nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the patterns are all along these rows of right. buttons here. And as those of you who can't see me, I'm, I'm stroking the buttons of the left hand of my accordion <laughs> in a very, in a very um, loving manner. See, so. that's, you have to come to the show, man. Yeah. But there are 72 buttons instead of 120, and the smallest ones have 12, and that's just how they describe the size of accordions, is yeah. by, the, by the buttons on the left hand. Now, to go back to what you're talking about, the bellows, because I'm a, I'm a violin player primarily, oh. fiddle player. And, uh, they don't have bellows. Yeah, they the don't bellows have bellows. Have, I noticed yeah. that just recently. It's and it the same as me. Yeah, same yeah. as the bow, though. I'm going to have them installed. But the down bow and the up bow are really critical. I mm -hmm. mean, you can play, you know, you would never know necessarily if someone is playing an up bow versus a down bow, except that it has a lot to do with the feel. The down bow mm -hmm. tends to be a stronger feel, like the marching band always starts on the left foot. Mm -hmm. You know, you get yep. used to that. So is, but you're saying to me that the, um, um, what do you call it? The, the draw and the press, or the draw push and the press. pull. Okay, yeah. that they actually sound differently. Subtly. Yes, because okay. um, the reed that is sounding when I'm playing this G note, pulling my bellows out, is a different reed that sounds when I play the same key and I push it back in. And right now you can't tell, but sometimes they're not quite the same tune, or not quite the same brightness, or not quite the same. Uh, like if, if one of them is the original reed in the accordion and the other one has, is a replacement reed from yeah. 10 years later. Um, so there, it's actually different things. There's something, I think there's something like 25,000 individual parts in an accordion. So it's, it, there's all these possible variations of, of things that can sound funny. If, if, a, uh, if your bellows has a tiny hole and you inhale a piece of dust and it gets lodged in between the reed and the leather that covers it, it'll make the reed sound different. Now, will anybody other than me notice it? No, yeah. but at least now you know. So if you crashed onto a desert island and all you had was an accordion, you could build a plane. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> if you were MacGyver. If you were MacGyver, you could build a plane, and if you were on the island long enough and you were had gone crazy from uh, heat stroke, you could believe that you've flown it back home. So. <laughs> I, th I think he just described a musical hairball. There. <laughs> yeah, there's probably cat hair inside my accordion. So That's a nice segue into your first tune, isn't it? Isn't it called Hairball? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's one my son wrote. He's 16 and he's... No. <clears throat> first tune, actually, you said good morning when you came out here, and that makes me think after... After pizza and a glass of wine, a cup of coffee would sure be great. And uh, We can arrange that. People who know me, people who have known me for an hour or longer know exactly how long I can go without a cup of black French roasted coffee. And this is about the best one of the day. That's the first one of the morning or the last one at night or any one of them in between. Mm -hmm. 
morning when I opened my eyes Only one thing that's on my mind Only one thing, get me out of my bed A strong cup of job about the size of my head Yeah, my hands are always shaky and my hair is a mess Mine's a bit hazy, I can't even get dressed Only thing I want that'll see me through A big black pot of that dark French brew Grind the beans Let it drip Dark French roast Take a sip You can have your eggs and your orange juice Your tea and your toast, I ain't got no use Only thing I want, that's what I said I want a strong cup of job about the size of my head Or maybe acting ill Don't you call me no doctor Don't you give me no pill Only one thing that'll remedy me A great big black hot pot of caffeine Grind the beans Let it drip Dark French roast Take a sip Tell the doctor that his work is through Tell the undertaker I don't want him to Only thing I want, that's what I said I want a strong cup of job about the size of my head That you should have played along with. Crap. I just I just remembered oh. that halfway through the song. Let's do it again. Okay. Take two. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, that reminds me. We've been thinking about having the coffee maker on stage right over mm. here. I'm sorry. So, how long has it been since your last cup of French? I shouldn't be pushing this, right? I Let's mean, see. It was uh, the rest stop. What? 30 how much miles? is he shaking right <laughs> now? It's been a while. That? I think the rest stop 30 miles outside of Madison. Oh my so god. So it's been a, it's been a while, but yeah. You know, I'll, I'll make it. We might have to hit the pine. I might, I might be coming down to your table in a little bit. But. <laughs> so they have coffee brewed, don't they, out in the front? Oh, we'll get you set up. All right, thanks. It's all right, all right. We'll stop talking about it because I know it's... Hey, Phil. It's just hard. Could you get this man a cup of coffee? Whatever you got. Yeah. yeah, yeah size of my head. <laughs> Remember the Clyburn cartoon, never eat anything bigger than your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't say anything the same size. Though. Well... Th- you can always go to the websites to find out more about all these guys. What is the website, by the way, the best one? Uh, DaddySqueeze.com. DaddySqueeze.com. And if you go there, and we don't encourage people to read, actually, because, you know, it's really a dead-end thing, because yeah. pretty soon we're going to go to these readers, right, mm-hmm. and pretty, we'll have electrodes in our brains. Just take the, the finger with the chip implant and put it, press it against the screen. Yeah. Think of the website you want to go to, and you'll absorb all the information. So really don't bother. Don't even bother. But, so we'll read it to you. But these guys, this is pretty, pretty amazing, really cool stuff. You've been on Garrison Keillor's on a Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. 
numerous times, mm-hmm. right, over, the, over mm-hmm. many years. And you were also in the movie. I'm in the right? movie twice for yeah. one second each time. <laughs> is, is it a cameo? What, what, what is it? Where, what one, one, one point I'm standing with my back to the camera giving a note to a mandolin player to tune up with. <laughs> How'd that go? Do you recognize the sound from That's the That's kind movie? of ironic, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it is yeah. a little bit. Is it? Yeah. The other time, um, Kevin Klein is in the, in the um, process of caressing Maya Rudolph's pregnant belly. And three musicians walk right in front of the camera, and I'm one of them, and the one carrying the accordion. <laughs> and so if you're, if you're sitting... And I did, the scene with Kevin Klein rubbing Maya Rudolph's pregnant belly is so visually pleasing that I didn't even see myself walk by the camera the first time I saw the movie. <laughs> but I, I've had this vision of some cigar-chomping executive producer in a bathrobe but next to his pool with a martini in, in Hollywood with his phone saying, give me the guy who carried the accordion through Altman's last picture. Not just some guy with an accordion, that guy! You know, but the call never came. It could happen, it could still it could. happen. Yeah. Yeah. So how was the direction on that? I mean, is it, yeah, okay. Did they try to get you in the mood? Okay, uh, you're going to think about, uh, yeah. Actually, we had <clears throat> the three of us who carried the guitar, accordion, and mandolin past the camera did, did it... Um, something like 27 times. <laughs> but it was not because we didn't do it right. It was because um, Altman and Klein and Rudolph were not completely convinced that, that they had gotten the take they wanted, but they oh. wanted that interference in front of the camera every so time. You so you guys were the ultimate professionals, really, on the yep. scene. You, you nailed it 27 times. Because we had to walk up a winding staircase yeah. and sit up there for five minutes waiting for our cue and then come down the staircase <laughs> and walk in front of them and then go back up the staircase <laughs> and back down. But it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, just to be on the, a, a, a set with all those actors and with, with Robert Altman was, I mean, yeah. did one of us complain? Nope, not, not once. It was great. It now, was what's, just... what's that like? I mean, we've all opened for, you know, our, you know, our, our, our idols probably and, mm-hmm. and maybe been tongue-tied. Were you a little tongue-tied? Do you get that way when you um, a little at, bit? At first moment, yes, but when you, uh, when you sit down at the, at the cafeteria table to have lunch and and there's Kevin Klein and Woody Harrelson and and a uh, bunch of you know all these people like that, and you find out in real quick time that most of them are are the same as we are. They're just people who are doing their job. Right. Um, they get paid better than we do, and they're more well known than we are, and they have somebody to take care of their kids and their laundry when we're when they're not <laughs> around. But they are just people who are doing their job, and they're interested in the same thing that everybody else is. And um, it was a it was a great experience. I remember watching. We have a, a local folky hero named Pop Wagner. Some of you folks might know Pop, but he was teaching. Yeah, there you go. He was teaching John C. Riley how to do rope tricks for the for the movie out on the sidewalk in front of the Fitzgerald Theater in the afternoon. They're just standing out there um, doing rope tricks and trying to bum cigarettes for John to smoke. So, <laughs> and uh, Woody Harrelson and John Riley sat backstage and just played their guitars and sang old songs just for the heck of it. Oh. And Kevin Klein, I, I mentioned to him once that uh, my band Cafe Accordion was playing later that evening. He said, do you think I could come down and sing La Mer with you? Do you do it in F? And I said, well, yeah, we do. I'm, I'll have to ask the guys if it's okay. But <laughs> So it was, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I was just fortunate to be one of those guys that, you know, Garrison Keillor was... Uh, considerate enough to ask a whole bunch of people who've been on the show in the past to come play the musicians who are waiting in the wings to, mm-hmm. to be on the show that's in the movie. So basically what we did is we spent, for me it was three days, for some of them it was a couple of weeks, sitting, being musicians, sitting in a theater, waiting to play the part of musicians standing in a theater, waiting to do their thing. So, <laughs> so life was imitating art, imitating yeah. life, imitating art. We have that art. picture, it's in our living room. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I get nauseous. I have kind of a selfish question. Yeah. Now, you know when you go to a club and you get up on stage and it becomes your space, almost mm-hmm. instantly it's mm-hmm. yours. Did, it, did you have that same feeling there? And did those people also create the area that they worked in as if it was their space? But Yeah, but their space was when they were on being filmed. Yeah. When the cameras went off, they were out of that, they were out of that space. That's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a different thing. My perception is it's a different thing in movies because 
it's what's going on film that is your your private space. Now, I'm I'm sure there were times when some of the some of the actors, uh, you know, hopped in their car or their limo and were taken off to their hotel room and just stayed there for a day or two. But there's so many stories about, oh, we saw Lily Tomlin at Punch Pizza, or we saw um, Meryl Meryl Streep went to the to this shopping center or that one, and you know. But uh, no, most of the time, if if you were there as part of the movie, and you know, everybody was kind of yeah, everybody was kind of the same. Didn't matter if you were the the sandwich lady or the or the yeah. the intern to the light tech or one of the extras or one of the actors. You were all there, part of the movie. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, there it is. Yeah. That's the, the. And I hope you'll go see my movie sometime <laughs> soon. You can get it at the local DVD store. I like that. My movie. Yeah, I'm in it for two seconds, but my name's in the credits, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> so. What do you got? What well, you enough got? about me. Let's talk about what else I'm doing. So. Yes. What do you guys think about Dan? <laughs> well, I sang a song about coffee. I think Bob ought to sing a song. He's got a couple of uh, food-oriented songs here. You want to do one of these things, Bob? The meatball? Or Should we go vegetarian or... Uh, meat meat or veggies? Yeah. Well, veggies. wait a minute. Meat or starch? Well, uh, meat? Well, come on. No, it's one or the other. First... Now let's let's do one about the starch. Okay. The, sh- the, sh- the shirt song. Shirt song. E. Oh, it's about shirts. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out if I should grab my fiddle yes. or my mandolin. E. It's a twelve-bar tune. Oh, okay. It's kind of short. Old, old, old song. This song's so old, nobody even knows where it came from. So I, I guess it falls into the category of being a folk tune. It might also have some sort of meaning that I'm not familiar with. Dan knows more about these worldly things, but this song is called Digging My Potatoes, so how appropriate now that spring is coming. All of us gardeners getting ready to plant all of our vegetables in the backyard. (laughs) As an academic student of folklore, I can assure you this song is not purely about gardening. (laughs) Well, we'll see what it is about. One, two. Hey, they've been digging my potatoes, tramping on my vine. Hey, they've been digging my potato, tramping on my vine. And I got a special plan resting on my mind. I tipped up to my window, I thought I heard a moan. I thought I heard somebody say, Good God, I got to go. Hey, they've been digging my potato, tramping on my vine. And I got a special plan resting on my mind. Tell us about it, Daddy. up to my window, see what I could see, another man was in my bed, Lord, that was not me, hey, they been digging my potatoes, tramping on my vine, and I got a special plan, resting on my mind. How about you, Chris? They all are green, my potatoes, they all red. I thought you was my buddy till I caught you in my bed. Hey, they've been digging my potatoes, tramping all my vine. And I got a special plan, resting on my mind. How about you, Mary? I 
people You leave my cat alone There's not a thing out on that street Man, she can't find it home They did digging my potatoes Tramping on my vine And I got a special plan Resting on my mind say that potatoes are the most complete vegetable. That's what I've heard. Oh, really? I could be wrong about that. I'm wrong about lots of other things, but no, I've heard that it's, um, I can't speak to the exact nutrients. Except the fact that you have to cook it. I mean, you don't have to cook a zucchini. No, that's true. And zucchini is the only vegetable, one of the only, that doesn't have natural, um, what are those things that cause you problems? Police? Riboflavins, yeah. (laughs) Natural defenses. It doesn't have natural defenses when you eat it. Spouses. So it goes straight through. That was a, I love that Hmm. one. You lobbed that over the fence there. I did. (laughs) I didn't know a guy you were carrying rackets. (laughs) So so Bob, that was, was, uh, you wrote that? No, no, no. That's an old, 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 old folk song. I, I may have written in a previous life. Okay. You can claim it. It's that old. I suppose so. I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you guys probably play in a lot of bands, too. You, you and Tom as well. Do, do, you, do you play in other bands in the Twin Cities? I play in about five or six other combinations of musicians. Right. All the way from playing solo guitar gigs, duos, trios, quartets. It stops at about the quintet, except when I play in the church. And the choir sings sometimes, and it's about 30 people. Yeah. That's a big band. It is. Sometimes I get to sing as a soloist with the choir, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you think, sing things like, please release me, let me go. Like I knew I recognized you from that church. Oh, yeah. 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 We do that once in a while. We do release me occasionally. Yeah. Too much coffee right before. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Bob Ekstrand. Am I pronouncing that properly? Very well. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and Tom Lewis back here in Upright and Electric Bass. And you were in Rionito. I remember that name. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Prudence Johnson, Tim yeah. Sparks. Uh, those names ring a bell at all? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're still around, but Rio Nito has since dissolved many years okay. ago, but they've all moved on to solo careers. So. But a lot of work, too, with uh, lots of the, the bebop and the, the straight-ahead jazz bands. Yeah, yeah in Minneapolis. And I'll, I'll, yeah. Uh, I accompany a lot of visiting artists that come to town. I do, uh, Mose Allison, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Or, uh, um, <laughs> The, David Hazeltine, a great uh, jazz player from Milwaukee. Right. You know, he's been living in New yeah. York now for quite a while. I work with him a lot when he comes through town. And just a lot of other things. Whoever calls, if it yeah. sounds fun, <laughs> I'll go out and do it, you know. It, well, what was it Mose Allison said to you one time when he was telling you how to play the tunes? Something about uh, never play the third beat, no, tri- no major triads, let's go. <laughs> he didn't what? want any shuffles. He just said, you know, just lay it down on one and four, you know. And... Anything that was a shuffle, you know, he just wanted the basic. He had the real, real Mississippi feel to his music. It was really yeah. unique. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of a hard thing to do sometimes, is to not play. Oh, yeah, and then his charts were like, I mean, his, he had a book that had been around the world about 400 times, you know. Uh, In fact, there were, the pages were worn from pa- players flipping it, you know. It's like oh, the, my gosh. You know, I missed the last two or three measures yeah. of the chart. <laughs> Naturally dog-eared off on the bottom, you know. So you all just kind of all look up and look at him right at the end. It What's is he jazz, do? you know. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, there was one. I remember one chart. It was an instrumental he started the set with. And you got about the middle of the tune, and it says, play this indefinitely, you know, and had re- <laughs> <laughs> repeats around it, you know. Uh, yeah. 
make it up and go, you know. You know, whenever everyone, anyone says that or it's written, it's never true. You got to stop sometime. Oh, that's true, you know. You know. The world would spin out of control. It's a lie. I think it means play this in an undefined manner. Oh, yeah. See, that's more accurate. That's right. And, you know, I love Mose Allison, and I, he's the only white guy that get, get away with singing, sitting down here on number nine, I'm sitting down here on, with a high voice like that, and go, you are not. You never sat down there on number nine, you know. Uh, oh, Parchment Farm, right? Yeah. That's the tune, right. We sing a, a, occasionally when we're in a situation where we can um, play songs that uh, somebody else owns the, the rights to. We uh, do a, a monkey's number that's a song about being brokenhearted and having lost your love that would have been believable had anybody other than Mickey Dolan sung it, probably. <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. Like, he's the one guy who can make that believable, and, and there was uh, many, many other people who maybe have been able to make that one song believable, but they, unfortunately, it was a Mickey Dolan song, yeah. which will go unnamed, but it, it's got a three-letter title that begins with the letter she. <laughs> I mean, S. Yeah. So. I, I wish Vanna White were here right yeah. now. You know, yeah. we'd start. Well, this like this is eventually going to become a game show. We're not sure how we're going to work it into that. But um, So you mentioned some French. I, I don't mean to be messing with the set list. You probably have an order here. But, we don't. Well, we that's don't. good. We only have a list of, of possible random uh, things that we might do. <laughs> and uh, we're going to play this one indefinitely. Awesome. <laughs> Hey, if you guys do have a set list, do you ever actually follow it? Oh, yeah. When, um, last fall, we played uh, four very brief uh, sets at the International Accordion Festival in San Antonio. And um, we decided, rather than spend our entire time in each set sitting up on stage, turning pages through the book and scratching our heads and talking to each other about what we should play next, that we decided that we should have a some sets ready, and we have um, actually souvenir copies of those set lists with us tonight, if anybody <laughs> wants to so take one home. Yeah, yeah, we still have them in the book. You've never used them since, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do, we do set lists occasionally. It just depends on the, the venue and what, what, what's happening. So. But this one is uh, uh, generally in the key of G minor and moves back and forth in typical French style from a A section that's in G minor to a B section that's in... Uh, kind of nominally B-flat and cadences out back to the D7th before it repeats the A section and then goes to the C part, in, uh, which is in G major and sounds vaguely like it came upon a midnight clear. Got it. You guys got that? Check. Got that? Okay. <clears throat> Follow along on the tune called Rêve à l'automne, or the autumn dream.
Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. That's a suite. Was that a, a musette? It's a musette uh, in form. It's one that I, I made up um, based on ideas that I had gotten from lots of the traditional French musettes, um, which is the music that we generally think of as sidewalk cafe music, Parisian sidewalk cafe music, um, music that kind of crystallized in the 1920s and 30s and in and around Paris. Kind of a fast waltz sort of thing. Uh, the musette itself, the musette waltz, yeah, is generally a very quick time waltz uh, like that last one or maybe even quicker. And uh, um, technically the musettes always have those three sections and the uh, you have the A part, the B part with a key change, and then you repeat the A before you go to the third section and then uh, finish up with the A. If, if you hear a fast French waltz that follows a different form, then it's not technically a musette. It's oh. a, some other kind of French waltz. But, uh, and we can call, and you're, you're free to call people on it, go, wait a yeah, minute. That's not that's a musette. <laughs> that's a valse brillante. Or that's a java. You or, can't pull the wool over my that's eyes. It's not a waltz at all. It's a bourree. It's not going blue. And I understand that that was a big influence for Django Reinhardt. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously, growing up in Paris. His first, um, Django Reinhardt's first public performances outside of um, the gypsy encampments was as a banjoist accompanying a uh, accordion player who was playing for the musette dances in the ballrooms in Paris. Wow. And so he, he actually wrote a number of musette tunes that people still play today, the accordionists and guitar players. Now that was before, for people that don't know the story, and most people do, but Django Reinhardt was considered one of the best of the Gypsy or the Roma um, guitarists and has influenced, still influences jazz guitarists, all guitarists, and, and, and amazingly so because he was in a, literally in a caravan fire, an accident that uh, ended up fusing his third and, f his little finger and his third finger together on his left mm -hmm. hand, and he was still able to play with two fingers, and I can't flop, flop those, uh, that, uh, those other two over, I think, for some chords, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. but to watch him play and, and to hear what gypsy players do now and realizing how good they are, Django was every bit as good and better with two mm -hmm. fingers. Yep. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, something, there's, there's something to be said for the uh, originator of a, of a sound or a style is no matter how many people... Uh, imitate it, learn it, pay respect to it, and take it a step farther and, and fuse it with something else. There's something that can never be better than the, the person that started it. You know? so, yeah. Even though there are people who had more fingers and more technical chops <laughs> than Django that followed, yeah. well, yeah. there's still nothing like hearing the recordings of Django playing his tunes. Well, who, who is that for you? I mean, maybe not just one person, but a seminal influence, maybe, or, or someone that fills that pocket that's like, man, no one could ever play it like that. Mm -hmm. I have a number, and they're, very, they're kind of an odd combination of people, um, which include um, Fats Waller, Robert Crumb, Clifton Chenier, <laughs> uh, Joe jo, jo Colombo, and Spider John Kerner, I think, in... I'll, and maybe Bob Wills, and uh, that's I think kind one of, a, of those persons yeah. was an accordion player. Well, uh, Clifton Chenier and Joe <laughs> okay. Colombo okay. are, are <laughs> the accordion players in there, because um, I, I I played <clears throat> excuse me, I played eight or ten other instruments before I ever got an accordion, and um, grew up in a place where I didn't have a whole lot of reference and a whole lot of ability to get training on anything, and. Uh, never had these ideas that you had to play certain kinds of music on certain kinds of instruments. I yeah. would find an instrument and try and play it, and I got my accordion and tried to play it. And, That's very um, Never thought about what's accordion music and what's not. And so I, it, I, I listened to Fats Waller or, or, or um, Hank Williams or John Kerner and say, that's, that's what I want to play. And yeah. if I had a penny whistle in my hands, I'd do it on that. If I had a hammer dulcimer in front of me, forgive me, I did it on that too. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I kind of want to hear that. I, I've got a little ritual when I bring a new instrument in the, into the fold. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are like this, but I, um, this is really neurotic, I, it's I know. It's very true. It's true, though. I, I, I will bring it. Are will, you sure you want to share this? I don't know why. Stop me, stop me. Am I dreaming? So I will bring an instrument. Like, I have an accordion back here, and I just, I, it's just sitting there. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought there might be an accordion smackdown later. Mm -hmm. As uh, a three-way. Uh, one of the uh, owners of the place here, he's always saying to me, 
accordion smackdown, man. We gotta have it yeah. sometime. But that's anyway. That's there just to kind of soak up the vibes. I'm not. Okay. I don't plan to touch it at all. <laughs> but that's the thing is, I'll bring an instrument and I'll just oh, I'll bring it and I'll, for a while and I'll just have it in a case mm -hmm. just to get used to bringing it to a gig. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I'll open up the case, and it'll just and and then I'll actually pull it out and then people will inevitably say. Hey, aren't you going to play that? No, no, I just, mm -hmm. it's there for looks. Yeah. And then he sets it on the coffee table in the living mm -hmm. room where I have yeah. our morning coffee. And then after a while, I'll work up a tune And he on just it. looks mm -hmm. at it. Well, I tell you, Bob, if you, if you start packing the concert harp into the, into the van with, with the rest of our stuff, you have to play it. <laughs> no, that's just not coming along for looks. <laughs> you have a concert harp at home? We're not talking harmonica here. It, it, it's a large harp. It's, it's not a pedal harp, but it's, okay. it's a large harp. Yeah. Bob's been recent, on, recent uh, acquisition. Yeah, cross harp and Celtic harp things and stuff like oh, that. That would be an interesting combination with this music that's never been done. Well, you know, the harp and the accordion, we've got we've already had the concept of a kind of a heaven and hell show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to heaven, here's your harp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that. We've got that one up on our refrigerator. You'll yeah. see it later. Yeah. yeah, I can't tell you how many copies were mailed to me. <laughs> And what would Tom play? What would, what would, what's the other thing? What's purgatory? Oh, boy. I, you know, I've got my hands full of the bass. Okay. <laughs> bass might be purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just carrying having it. To be the bass play, having yeah. to be the bass player for an accordion and harp duet. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, there you go. Well, by the way, do you know the, the definition of a gentleman? A gentleman? Yeah. What? Someone who knows how to play the accordion but doesn't. Where's the drummer? <laughs> you could go on, I'm sure. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, we, we spent a good deal of our four hours in the car today trying to uh, telling jokes to each other, and we couldn't think of one that we could probably repeat on the show. <laughs> well, you can repeat it, but actually Andy's got Andy LaValle. He'll edit it out. Yeah, right? yeah okay. he's uh, from Bear Productions. Actually, good time. We'll mention at the end of the show, too, but Mr. Andy LaValle from Bear Productions back here doing our front of house and our, uh, is our podcast engineer, too. So thank you. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Andy. <clears throat> yeah. But he's got a bleeper. He likes All to right. use it, so, you know, so let her, let her if, rip. And if we don't like the timing of it, then we just grab that other thing. And yeah. yeah. I've got an accordion. We use that, too. Sure. You know what other thing I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, it, is April, it is April Fool's Day, so I had to bring the... There we go. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, that's about how exciting our April Fool's was. <laughs> really, nothing happened today. It's not over yet. True. Your fingers are flying. Yeah. What's on the list there? Um, well, as I mentioned, we play in a band that does some Cajun and Zydeco music and stuff like that. So let's play a little three-chord Cajun tune in the key of G. Cool. Um, starts on the four, which means the second chord is the one. So we've, we've already got the numbers out of order. This is uh, one of the few happy Cajun songs I know. They all sound happy until you translate the words, so...
tonight I'm gonna change your name Gonna change your name to mine Oh my pretty one Come on along with me Gonna go down to Lafayette Gonna have some fun you see You can play it Bobby to give me a solo. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, do you know the book uh, Mark Savoy? I'm sorry, mm -hmm. that was really a crude... Uh, I'm uh, done. You go ahead. Okay. We'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Do, do you know that book that's called Cajun Music by Mark Savoy? Uh, well, I, I know the one by Anne Savoy. Anne Savoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. um, sure. That really thick book. I yeah. love the pictures in that book. Mm -hmm. You know, it shows these great dance halls down yeah, south, so like a bare yeah. light bulb, Wonderful and people book. just packing the dance floor, mm -hmm. and uh, these old bands with a steel player, etc. Yeah, I was actually at um, her book release party. I happened just happened to be visiting them on a weekend when I was driving around. I was spending a a good four months of my life driving around Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, doing assemblies in schools, and I had a weekend free in East Texas and called Mark and said, could I come visit you? And he said, yeah, we're having a party. And it was um, <clears throat> the book signing for the release of Anne's book, Cajun Music, A Reflection of a People. And everybody who had a chapter in that book who was still alive was at the party. All these, all these old musicians were there and they all, they all played. And um, I got a whole bunch of them to sign their pictures in the book and it's if you haven't seen it and you're remotely interested in Cajun music um, or if you're interested in, in historical coffee table books it's just a fabulous thing to get and you can find it online I'm sure still yeah now what are those the Acadian accordions right mm -hmm. uh, little button accordion yeah. yeah do you have one of those I know they're really expensive <clears throat> and hard to well, I have a very inexpensive version of one. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much more akin to what the original, the first accordion that was kind of came about in the 1820s in Austria, which was um, the same guy who had invented the harmonica. Um, he had, he had uh, some traders had brought him an instrument from the Far East called um, Sheng or Kang, depending on where you come from, which is something sh shaped about the size of a coffee can and was had bamboo tubes on it and um, free reeds inside of each bamboo tube and you would blow on it and move your fingers around to open up the sound holes for the reeds and that would um, that was a, as far as we know the first free reed instrument to come to, to Europe and this shopkeeper took it apart and figured out what made the reeds work and he put it back together in a in a way that made sense to him, which was this thing that we now know as the harmonica. And he shopped it around to some of his friends, and they said, well, it's, 
it's all fine and good, Gustav, but when you have harmonica in mouth, you cannot smoke, drink, or sing. So, <laughs> good point. He attached a bellows to it and put little levers on it, and they could smoke, drink, and sing while they played. And even to this day, in, in the German part of the world, it's known as a fies harmonica, a, a hand harmonica. So, they that, would think about that, wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. these things come, come first. Which is why I've never taken up the cellos, because there's too many things I can't do while I'd be playing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Woody Allen, of course, tried marching cello, and that, we know how work. that ended up. Well, didn't, that doesn't work but you know, you can put the Gaines bass wheel on it and strap yeah. it on, and yeah. then you can We were just talking to Tom, and he arrived here with his bass, and, and Mary's dad is Don Gaines, and he makes the, the very famous Gaines bass wheel. You can have it for only 99. No, we haven't. I don't know I what no it retails for. Anyway, but his, you, I noticed you have the traction ones. You have the off-road version. That's of kind the of the Gaines winter version. Yeah. Many times I have to go off-road just to make the gig. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he goes four-wheeling with his bass. As the crow flies <laughs> right across the field. Yeah. yeah. I actually had to go to a uh, wheelchair supply company to get a... Replacement tire. Yeah, a replacement yeah. tire. Yeah. And, the one they sent had the grips on it, so... So if anyone I'll needs a wheelchair it. with one wheel missing... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, my dad does sell the replacements, yeah, but they're not quite as convenient as going to a wheelchair yeah. store. Well, the spare is actually anyway. this tiny little thing that, you know, you keep, and it's, it's smaller, and people and It's kind of hard. You, so. Blah. I'm just kidding. We should do another tune. We've got okay. some time, and we'd love to hear another tune from you. This is Dan Newton and Daddy Squeeze Trio. Uh, and happy to be here. How about, uh, since we mentioned smoking and drinking and singing, how about I sing about drinking? Um, a song that was written by my high school sweetheart when she was 16. And, of course, I didn't, I didn't know she was writing this song about the time that we had split up. But, um, and I was hoping it wasn't me that caused this sweet little 16-year-old in, in Nebraska to start drinking. But... I talked to her older brother just the other night who helped her write the song, and he said, no, Dan, it wasn't you. Don't give yourself that much credit. Remember, she lived in Nebraska. You know, so <laughs> that was that's enough to make most 16-year-olds feel like drinking, I suppose. So, it's called uh, Under the Table Again, and it's in G, in three, and the mystery chords would be a, a C minor and a B minor. Do you need a chart? No, but if not, if you can. There isn't one anyway. Oh, well. You'll figure it out before too long. At least you'll be able to figure out this part. I used to be sober when I went to sleep. I prayed to the Lord that my soul he would But I followed the devil into waters too deep And he threw me a bottle of gin Yes, it sure seems familiar down here From the stone-covered tiles to that stale stench of beer but from my point of view, it's all perfectly clear. Cause I'm under the table again. I'm under the table again. I'm so tired of breaking, I can't even. I'm under the table again Well, honey, you just won't leave me alone But there's just so much blood from this stone So take my advice Go on, get yourself home Cause I'm under the table again I'm under the 
so tired of breaking I can't even bend Under the table again In my past Don't try to reclaim me When no one else has This ain't my first drink It won't be my last Yes, I'm under the table again Everybody now I'm under the table again So tired of breaking I can't even bend I'm under the table again Oh, you're the song Under the table again. Sounds lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Dan Newton. My pleasure. Bob Ekstrand and Tom Lewis from the Daddy Squeeze Trio from the Minneapolis. Please visit their website. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.